This isn't your typical podcast for working moms. This is Bad Moms in Business, a podcast that believes that empowered women empower women. Here are your hosts, Bridget Robertson, Amanda Sharp, and Danielle Monahan. Well, welcome back to this exciting episode of Bad Moms in Business. I'm Benny. <laughs> yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. And I have awesomely Bridget, Amanda, and Danielle with me. Thank you, all of you, for being on your own show. I appreciate it. Um, I'm Benny. Thanks I'm a for, thanks for having out of us. Of Michigan. And sorry, Bridget, can you stop interrupting me? That would oh, be I'm so sorry. Yep. Sorry. All Go right. ahead. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's get started. I think today we're going to talk about planning, right? That, that's what we're going to talk about. Funeral yep. planning or memorial service planning. I'm going to start first. I'm going to do a little round robin, okay? Okay. Danielle, are you going to have a funeral or are you going to have a memorial service? Memorial service. Memorial service. Bridget. Could you explain to me the difference? Uh, Are you going to be cremated or buried? Oh my gosh. I don't know yet. Okay. All right. We'll come back to you. Come back to your thought. Thanks so much. If you, well, if you, if you guessed right now, what what would you, what would you like? If you, if you, if you're leaning towards one Mm -hmm. way. I'm leading towards a burial. Okay, burial. So you could probably have visitation funeral, like yeah. standard. Okay. Uh, Amanda. I that's totally on Marcus and Owen because I want them to be happy. So I mm. I'm good either way. You but it's nice to know what, what your thoughts would be if you I'm them. so like muted on it. Like it doesn't matter if I'm cremated okay. or buried. So really whatever make gives them the most peace, that's the way I want them to go. Wow. Uh, Danielle, would you like to be shown or not shown? Uh, you know, I go back and forth on this because I think it helps for like the grieving process to see as long as it's not like a super traumatic kind of thing. Um, but also part of me is like, just be done with me, like just cremate and, wow. and call it, call wow. it quits, you know? So if it were up to me completely, I'll see how Brandon feels about it. I would just like to be cremated right out the gate. Done. Okay. And then have a memorial service down the line kind of thing. Yep. Okay. Uh, Bridget, would you like to be shown or not shown? I think, sh- I think shown. Okay. And your reasoning? Um, well, here's my thing. <laughs> Long story. When my dad died, he was cremated, but we, sh- we showed mm-hmm. him first and mm-hmm. then they took him off. Mm-hmm. That sounded terrible. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I appreciated that for myself. Hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. Very good. Uh, Amanda, shown or not shown? And you know, it kind of depends when I die. Like if I died tomorrow, like, and I could look okay in a casket, sure. But if I like am like 90 years old and I don't look like myself, I don't want grandkids to be like, that doesn't look like granny. Like, don't show me. Granny. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. You know what I mean? Well, so you like, want to be model. You want to do a modeling. You want to do a little model show before to make yeah, sure. Like, you if I can't look casket. like who I am, like, then don't show me. I have a question. I know okay, that yeah, yep. I know that this road. is not an open yep. floor, but here we are. <laughs> yep. um, is it true that if I decide that I'm going to be cremated, as long as you show me within like a pretty fast amount of time, then I don't have to be embalmed? It's a tricky situation Ooh. because here, here, here's the problem that we have. Um, <clears throat> we have to, you have to be shown within a certain amount of time. Right. I'm going to say this and I'm thinking it's hundred percent, right. (laughs) I'm going to say that I could be wrong here. I think it's, I think it's, if you're, 
if you're going to be buried or cremated within it's either 72 or 48 hours, you can be shown. Here's what I would tell your family. The reason why we embalm, does anybody really know the reason why we embalm? The true reason why we embalm? I mean, isn't it just the decomposition process starts very quickly? Like it starts right away, right? That's a good reason, but the main reason, the main honest To preserve your, well, I guess that's the same thing. To to get rid of all your nastiness that's going to seep into the ground. The honest opinion why we embalm is to protect your loved ones from you. Because the only thing you can do when you die is give a disease if you have it. Does that make sense? So when we embalm, so when we embalm a body, we are literally um, sanitizing your body. Because even COVID, even COVID, once the embalming process is done, COVID is dead. It literally cannot be transmitted. No, it can be transmitted through me as an embalmer to you. For sure. But it can't be transmitted through the deceased body. Okay. There's, There's literally only like one or two very, very, very like 0.00004% of America or the, the whole world has ever seen that would be that embalming doesn't kill, but everything else it does. Isn't so there a, like a brain, everything. a brain disease? Yes. yes. You, it's, a, it's the one. And I can't think of it off the top. It starts of with its key. I feel like it's found. It's found in the actual spinal cord and mm-hmm. they don't know how it actually is transmitted. And but it's super dangerous for you as the embalmer. Yes, correct. And it really only becomes a problem in an autopsy case because that's when the spinal cord is um, open to air, et cetera, et cetera. Interesting. So anyways, we're, we're kind of getting off a little bit of time. I know. This is <laughs> no, absolutely. Good job, Bridget. The, the answer is yes, because in the Jewish faith, you it is it is against the religion if you're going to go traditionally to embalm a body. I didn't know that. So, okay. But they have to be buried within 24 hours or whenever the sun rises cool. that's quick. Yeah. and they have there in that case in every state really there is a specific funeral home that takes care of all that because they, that's all they do they're known um, for being the jewish funeral home or they're known for being a, a specific religious funeral home that they do I that see. all the time because some religions they you have to have a bonfire or some sort of um fire you know and then uh-huh. can you imagine that in Monroe county like no. head bonfire in the middle of, an, of a chapel. <laughs> and for, mo- for most of the homes around here in big cities, they have, they, they let a, like a family bring like those outside bonfire things. Interesting. You can have in like the parking lot. But, but anyways, um, when it comes to that, yes, your answer, the answer is yes. The problem is there's a lot of variables that people don't realize when it comes to that. I would personally um, say to your family, if that was, I, I know you're saying this as not, necessarily what you want to do, but just because you're asking the question, yeah. but I would talk to your family and say, if you really want to show your, you know, your wife, your mom, and you want people to be, I would, I would just suggest embalming. And if, and if the payment is the problem, I'll scratch the payment because that's just for me being a professional, I would rather yeah. everybody be safe, but like going into the Jewish faith, that's a religious Situation, right that goes against and and they do have ways around that if you do have to embalm you just have to keep all of their um blood into jars that literally okay. get buried with them like you can't get rid of they have to be intact because when um in their religion they need to when they go resurrected they need their stuff etc so and they they can't have any metal in their caskets which is interesting too hmm. 
So that that's a whole different, that's a whole different topic. That's season four. That's season okay. Four. About that <laughs> okay. Season four. Deal. But I, um, I love how like you need to know all of that. As oh, that's so much. So you can honor each family correctly and understand it. I love that you have all that knowledge. That's so amazing. <laughs> it, it can get challenging because I, I understand money is an issue and always is. Mm-hmm. And especially we're going to be talking about planning, right? So one of the big things that planning helps is monetarily, right? Especially if you plan it and have money down, then that's not, you don't, your family doesn't have to worry about those extra costs that they would normally do. Right. Cause that's the problem with a funeral in general. Most of the time people have not planned for it. Mm -hmm. They have not talked to their family. They have not said if they want to be buried, they want to be cremated. They don't know where the cemetery they would want to be. If that's the case, they don't know what, pastor, priest, just a regular chaplain, et cetera, et cetera. And my thing to you and my thing out to the audience today is if I can teach you three and them something today, it's just have one dinner where you talk to your spouse, you talk to your children about the things that you want. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying go into your local funeral home and pay for it all. I'm not saying you have to have everything down, but realize even if you give your family half of what they would normally have to deal with, they can actually grieve because here's the problem. Um, And Danielle, I'm not trying to just throw you out again. No, do it. Danielle can probably vouch on this. Danielle was thrown into a situation with her father where she had nothing planned for it. Mm -hmm. So the first probably, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, Danielle, so stop me at any time, but I would say the first year, she really didn't even have time to grieve because she was thinking about everything else. Yep. 100%. 100%. What, where, what do I do with his stuff? Mm-hmm. Is there any money? Did he have any life insurances? Did he have a pension from somewhere? Did, what would he want me to do? And if I do it wrong, is he going to hold me responsible for it when I see him again, mm-hmm. if I see him again? Um, and, and you have this problem now where you can't actually experience the visitation funeral because you're worried about everything else. 100%. Right? Yep. Right. Can I, Daniel, is that, is that appropriate? Yeah. And it was even... Uh, I'm going to take it even a step farther too, because I had had very limited conversations with my dad about death, but from the conversations that I had had was the funeral that I had planned for him and the the visitation that I had planned for him. My family had, uh, his family had other opinions on that and they mm-hmm. liked to give their opinions on oh, that. Absolutely. And so it was a very conflicting thing for me. Like, knowing that I had had this conversation with him, but it had been, you know, 10 years or something since I had had this conversation. Then they're telling me another thing. Well, he wanted to be buried next to his sister and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, but he didn't tell me that. Like it was, oh gosh, it was terrible. Right. Right. And then you're the bad guy, right? Yeah. If you don't do it. Mm-hmm. And in, in regardless of if they're trying, if they're doing it with love, right. If they're doing it because they honestly think that's the way your dad wanted it. It's still sure. doesn't matter because you're the one that's responsible for it. And the problem is you're trying to do the best of what you would think your dad would want Mm -hmm. and what you think the family needs. And you didn't have time to actually, you know, how they say at your wedding, right. To take mental photographs, you know, so Mm -hmm. you remember it because I'll be honest, I, I may remember biting a piece of cake maybe, but when you're in it, you, you're so lost in the moment and the things I remember slow dancing with my wife. So I, I'm thankful that I remember that (laughs) you're just thrown into so many things, right? You're thrown into so many things as a wedding. And I I really think there's a lot of similarities between a wedding and a funeral. Um, I always kind of bring it up in a lot of podcasts and, and the 
what I find is nobody can really get through grief. Grief is something that's with you forever. It's a scar. It, 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 may, it may heal, but it's always there and it's always change. It'll always change you. And sometimes that scab can be pulled, pulled back up, you know, mm-hmm. but if you plan just the little things, right? So Daniel, in your situation, if you're dad and you actually concreted this out, right? How much easier would at least that part of it have been? It would have been so much weight off of my shoulders and off of my mind. It would have been game changing. And like I'm saying, even if there was no money involved, yep. Daniel, even if you just knew this is where, that's another thing too. Does your family know what funeral home you want to go right. to? If you have a funeral home you want to go to, does your family know what priest or pastor? Because some of us are hiding like we love this priest or pastor when we were kids, right? And if we mm-hmm. can find them, that'd be awesome, right? And they knew us. But if your family doesn't know where to get in contact with, or they're not going to know, right? And the, and the, the, the big thing is we all have this um, kind of a thought that, oh, they, they know. They know what to do when it happens, but we really don't. And especially when we get older and sometimes a little bit senile, mm-hmm. we forget what we say to one kid and another. So for instance, I've had families where the dad told one son he wanted to be buried next son he wanted to be cremated. So now you're dealing with, I can't even grieve because I'm fighting my own sibling on what I should do. Um, And now we don't have the nuclear family anymore, right? Families are split. So you might be in conflict with three or four of your other families. You know, well, I was, I was part of the first kids, so I should have complete say. Well, no, I was the last kids and the one that he loved the most. So now you're dealing with that situation, Um, especially when it comes to cremation, because cremation is so finite. There's rules and regulations. Each state has different ones. But for instance, like if if your spouse isn't living and you have four kids, a majority has to sign off on that cremation or doesn't. Oh, I didn't know that. So that's something to think about. Now, there is paperwork called a funeral representative that you can do, but nobody wants to talk about death. So course, you're not going to talk about a funeral representative. Um, so going back to it is these things are, if you talk about them, then we can, we can figure them out. Like funeral directors aren't here to be creepy individuals that you only deal with during death. You know what I mean? I'm on this program. I got these awesome shades on. I'm very, very, if, if any of you have any questions out there in the uh, virtual world, there is me and there's other funeral directors that are literally down your street that would love to talk to you. Because realize it makes it easier on everyone, everyone in our job, or at least I would say a real funeral director who's gotten this for the right reasons is to take care of you, mm-hmm. is to get you through your grieving process. And that's the most important thing. And if you can actually come to a funeral and not have to worry about everything else, you can actually appreciate the funeral. You can actually get through your grieving process started instead of wait two years and you're like, well, wow, I didn't even have time to grieve. I, don't, I didn't have time or money to grieve. Um, so anyways, going back to this. So let's talk a little bit about this. So all three of you have three different already uh, thoughts of how you want to have your mm-hmm. feelings, right? So what's the, what's, what's the best way to do this? Like I said, your best way to do this is set up an awesome dinner, whether it's you go out or you have a home cooked dinner, you have everybody around. Um, if, if the kids are young and realize we are not guaranteed any time, guys. Tomorrow, one of us could be gone. Mm-hmm. It's just how it is. Mm-hmm. Now, is a, a three-year-old going to understand what you're saying? No, that's not what I'm talking about. 
But Amanda, your your son is he'll be fifteen in January. 15. Well, old Perfect enough. Age. Yeah, he should already have a conversation with you and your husband on this. Um, a, it's going to be easier on your husband because he's going to have backup from his son, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. The son is going to have backup from dad. This is what mm-hmm. mom wanted. This is what she said. This is where she wants to go. Yet again, they can start already going through their grieving process together because that's one less thing they have to deal with. Right. Now we can go even a step further. You can write your own obituary. This is something I also challenge listeners out there. Mm. Pull out a piece of paper, look up your local funeral home. You can look up a bunch of obituaries and start writing your own obituary. A, what it's going to do is you're going to start writing down dates, times, and things that are important. Because that's another thing. I know mom worked for J.C. Penney's, but I don't remember the years. I know mom was part of some Monroe organization, but I wasn't even around yet. You know, and that may be important for you to tell people because for some people, especially because we're in a society now that moves, we're not all constantly in the same area. Mm-hmm. You know, two generations ago, you were born in Ida, Michigan, you died in Ida, Michigan. Right, right. All your friends were in Ida, Michigan. Yeah. You would go down to the cafe or go down to the local, the, um, oh gosh, the hayloft is what we called yeah. it. Yeah. The farmers would all have their coffees together. And that was life. That was life in Ida, Michigan. It's not that way. You have a family now, three of them are gone completely. You know, Arizona, California, they're in the army, they're in the service, they're, they're in a Tokyo corporation now. Nobody's here anymore. So even more so, we don't have time to have those conversations. But it's, it's, it's not that hard. It's not that hard. You have the family together. Let's just talk about it, you know? And honestly, what you're going to find out is you think it's going to be the stuffy, cryptic conversation and somebody's going to somebody's going to throw out a fart joke or some sort of joke. Everybody's going to laugh and then the whole room is going to be better, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Bridget, I can tell your family just really stuffy when you start. <laughs> That's right. So, no, I'm just saying, like, if, if you want my thing as 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 a mom and I'm not a mom, I'm a father, but what I've seen family over family especially if you're a matriarch family, which you three ladies are very matriarchal. I'm going to be <laughs> honest. You just have a lot of power. Um, yeah. You want to make sure that everybody is on the same page. And a lot of you, and I'm not saying everybody, but I know from, for instance, my wife, who's a mother, is always kind of the, the schedule, the planner. She has everything in her head. She's overthinking things. We were just talking about it the other day that men, they, they've proven this. Men can can do one thing perfectly. So our brains, we think of one task and we do it perfectly. So if you if you had four stories going on at one point, a man can focus on one of those stories and get almost a 99% on that one story. But if you ask him about the other <laughs> three stories, <laughs> he may get a 10 to 15%, right? <laughs> Women can get like a 40% on all five stories. Maybe because that's I. how your brains work. You're thinking of everything else, right? Mm-hmm. So the problem with us men is we're one task. Okay. So if you can sit us down and say, okay, this is what I want for when I go. Okay. Now we're there. Now we're here. We got the shades on. I'm listening to you. I'm looking <laughs> right at my right eye into your right eye. You tell me what you want, honey, you know, or especially if you have a boy for a son, like it's the same way. Now, 
that's and and I'm I'm saying this as a gender role, but not everybody is the same way. Not every guy thinks the same way, or every woman. I'm not saying. That. I'm just saying that how we are naturally put in this world. That's what they found out between men and women. You women are the planners, right? So if you die, who's planning? Yep. Okay. So obviously you, you got to give us a little extra because we don't have that side in our brain. You said it one time at the dinner table, but we were thinking about something completely else, right? So um, true. My wife likes to, to, she likes to ramble talk, but she's, she's actually checklisting her mind, but she wants me to pay attention, but she doesn't really want me to talk. Is that, does, mm-hmm. does this sound familiar to anybody yeah. in the room right now? Yeah. Like literally like she's taking a piece of paper and writing notes, but she's verbally like just regurgitating it. Right. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, I know she doesn't really want me to answer, but the problem is that I check out, right? right. But then a week later, wow. remember I told you, I was, I, was, I was talking to you and I'm like, I'm sorry. I was thinking about the Clark family at the funeral, mm-hmm. you know, right. that's just, that's how I am. And that's how I, I found growing up that a lot of men are. So you women have to do a, a little extra work to get it in our heads what we what you really want um and especially because we want to do what you want and that's the problem if you don't have these conversations we really don't know what you want Mm -hmm. another thing that people don't think about is flowers do you want flowers what kind of flowers do you want do you have a special color do you not want flowers you know these are what what memorabilia do you want do you want us to display your world's best mom cup that I made when you were, when I was two years old, do you want the plaque of best realtor? Um, you know, obviously, cause you three are realtors that, that would make sense. Um, Ida's favorite or Ida's second favorite. Sorry, man, if you're going to, you know, Ida's favorite. um, but you know, these, these are the things you want to start talking about. Do you, do you have a cemetery? Do you want to be buried next to mom and dad at the local cemetery? Do you not want to be buried next to mom and dad? <laughs> if you want to be okay, and let's go into a little sidestep of cremation. Cremation is a wonderful way of disposition, but it is a nightmare if you do not tell your family what you want done with your cremains. Because here's the issue. Yeah. Here's the issue people don't realize. Okay, you, it's all good and said. I want I want a funeral. I want a visitation. I want to be shown. I want a funeral. I want you to cremate me. And then that's it. 90% of people, that's where they stop. So here you go. So here's what happens. Hubby takes care of everything. You get cremated. Now, hubby decides, uh, I don't want to be cremated. And I, I think it's weird. My, my wife's cremains in the casket with me. Some people are like that. Or let's say they got remarried and they don't want mm. your cremains next to them. So here, kids, here's mom. Okay. So you got four kids. Who takes mom? Not it. Not it. Then if I bury mom, is that going against her wishes? Does she want us on the mantle generation to generation? Now you're dealing with grandkids. Does, does, does your grandkids want your own? Hi, hi, honey. Yeah, that's great grandma's ashes. They have to come with me. They were handed down through generation after generation because that's the thing. There's so many options with cremation that nobody realizes. My gosh, I never would have thought. I have my dad's ashes on my fireplace mantle. Same. But yeah, what, what am I going to do with those? Because my kids didn't even know him. Right. Cool. 
Great. And then, so say I pass before Brandon I'll take while them. my kids, I'll take them. okay, thank you. Cause I'm like, so I, now I'm expecting Brandon to keep That's them, that. to make sure that yes. they're passed down to the kids. Like, so on every date, Brandon, you got to take my ashes with oh you. Oh my gosh. This is cruel. Hi, this, is my, <laughs> but, this is my previous so wife. Weird. But Benny, um, am, uh, I, am I? Three, please. <laughs> um, there's the remains of my uh, previous wife. Am I correct, though, that it's illegal to actually scatter ashes? Okay, so in Michigan, so every state is different. Correct. Every state is different. In the state of Michigan, you can legally keep ashes. You can do whatever you want on your own property. Okay. I'll put it that way. If you're going to scatter, it's only legal in cemeteries that allow it. Because some cemeteries have scattering plots, and they also have scattering ponds. Where you literally mm. can go to the little pond in the cemetery, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, reason being is this, and I know it sounds it sounds silly, but uh, us Michiganders, our, our Shangri-La is up north. All of us Michiganders have a cabin up north. Or grandpa had a cabin, or et cetera, yep. et cetera. They like to go up there. They like to scatter the ashes. Here's here's the biggest problem that comes down to it. Some people need a place to go, right? Some people actually go to the cemetery on more than one occasion a year. Some people will never go back to the cemetery, right? Mm-hmm. Um, my, my dad has a tradition and every um, Palm Sunday, he takes his dad and his grandfather, my predecessor, funeral directors, a palm from church and lays it on their um, mm. tombstone and he knocks. That's his thing. He's been do- doing it ever since I can remember. Oh, that's and that's his yearly thing where he goes and, and says whatever he needs to. And then he knocks because he always wants them to know he was there. That's his, mm. that's his thing. Do they know he's there? And that could be your thoughts that just, right. this is what my dad does. Yeah. So, sorry, I got distracted. Dr. Nick came in with a kid, I think, and they're staring at me. Um, <laughs> Hi, Dr. Uh, Nick. <laughs> so, okay, so scattering, going back to scattering. So those, so they'll go up to a spot, especially hunters, that, that there was a special tree yeah. that they had hunted out of, right? So they'll scatter on that tree. Well, if the cabin gets sold, that's not their tree anymore. Or here's a good one. Public land, this family would go up every year and dad would hunt at the same tree over and over and over again. So they scattered. Well, every once in a while on, on public land, they do a clear cut where they literally cut everything down so it can regrow. Now they don't know where that tree is. Mm. And they would go up and every year, and I'm sure there was a, a nice adult beverage drink over this tree and then they go out in their hunting blinds and they came back and they were so distraught because we can't go to the spot now, you know, or boats, boats. The idea is this, people like to scatter in planes or in boats. Well, if you're swimming at a lake, right? Do you want to be swimming next to somebody's ashes? No. I mean, it's a small thing. Obviously, are you going to? No, but it's the idea of you're not... Uh, the lake is not yours. It's not your property. Mm-hmm. Or just like if you're scattering above in a plane, you, you want to be playing out in your yard and Aunt Bertha's falling on somebody? <laughs> no. And that's the reason why. No, it's a fine for you. For me, if they know that I knew that you were doing it, I could lose my license. Oh, wow. my. Interesting. So it, it, it does have teeth. Yeah. But, you know, I heard through the grapevine, some lady loved Walmart. So her family literally scattered her in Walmart parking lot. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, like I said, I'm not here to say what's right, wrong, or indifferent. 
I'm just telling you legally that's where we stand. But here's the deal. Let's say you don't tell your kids what you want, right? So then they're responsible. And then they come in and say, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I don't want to keep mom anymore. I don't want to keep great grandma anymore. But if I get rid of her or if I bury her, is that going against her wishes? Am I, am I wrong? Or let's be honest, I don't care about great grandma. She's going in the dumpster. Oh yeah. So these are all, these are Yikes. all kind of things to think about. Um, and that's what burial has its own ups and downs and everything, but that's where the person is. That's where they're going to be. They're mm-hmm. safe there. And if you want to go and have a conversation, you can go there. Um, my wife lost her father at a very young age and I was literally three months into the relationship with my wife and I wrote him a letter and I left it at his grave. And for me, that was my way of Mm. dealing with the grief of that. And if I didn't have a place, I don't know if I would have been able to get through the grief of that that quick. So these are just all things to pre-think when when you're going in, because these are all the things that'll come up later. So uh, does that kind of, kind of make sense with everybody? Yeah. Yeah. So the, can we go back to the beginning when you talked about, um, I don't remember the name of the document, something representation, funeral. Oh, representation. funeral representation, represent, rep, rep, representative. Representative. A, a funeral this- representative is a, is a paper that you can get at your local funeral homes. Now this is the state of Michigan. Yet again, every state is different. So I don't want to count out if you're in Ohio or, you know, Wisconsin or whatnot, but in Michigan, they have literally a paperwork for people who don't have anybody, right? That that was the reason why they came up with this. Oh, so it's oh. not it's not more. Yeah, no, no, no. But you can okay. do it now. You can go and let's say you don't get along with your kids, or your kids don't get along with you. Okay, and or you don't know where your kids are. You had one kid. The kid was like, "I'm done with you. I don't want anything to do with you." And left. Mm-hmm. Right now, you're in the situation where I don't have. You know, maybe your spouses are gone. Maybe you're divorced. Who do I have? You know, my parents are gone. My siblings are gone. Do you want a nephew or a third cousin to have to responsibility of this? Mm-hmm. And they, they probably don't even know they have the responsibility of that. Right. So now you're, now you're dealing with, um, so this funeral representative gives one person, anybody could be anybody, could be your next door neighbor, could be your best friend, mm. responsibility of your remains for the disposition, nothing else. It doesn't give them your car. It doesn't give them your house, your funds. It literally only gives them one permission of what to do with you. So they would be in charge of anything. So your burial, your cremation, and that supersedes anything else. So then you don't have to worry about all the kids signing off or et cetera, et cetera. It was to protect the person if they didn't have a situation that's legally fit, if that makes sense. Sure. Especially for people who don't ever get married. They don't have any kids. They don't have spouses anymore. They don't have siblings anymore. And their parents are gone. You know, and they yeah, I guess I was, I was thinking of it more along the lines of like a, a, a legally binding. This is how I want my funeral laid out. And if you don't follow it, <laughs> I mean, no, I don't know what no, will happen. That's, that's, the other misconception. that's the other misconception. I want to get into this. In your will, if you put that you want to be cremated, Mm-hmm. That is null and void when you die. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you put in your will that me, my, myself, Daniel Monahan will be cremated, the Brandon could be like, nope. And that's and because you become property of the estate. So think of your body as a chair or the couch. I know it sounds really weird, but that's how the state looks at it. 
So, so you just have to people, hope that whoever you give your wishes to carries them out. Yes, absolutely. Okay. You and, and, and for the most part, let's be honest, most people are going to follow what mom or dad wanted. For, for sure. Unless they were just in spite or trying to do something. <laughs> sure. Um, but the, the, the big problem comes in, and this is where it all comes down, is when if you have two kids, you don't know where the other kid is. So now one is in charge, but he doesn't have the money to do a full burial. Mm. So. Okay, so that brings me. Dr. Nick is moving around. <laughs> it's fine. Dr. Nick. Uh, so that brings me to a question then. How should we go about saving for a funeral? Like, is there a certain amount that we should strive for? I mean, obviously it depends on when you die and inflation and the way that you want to be buried or cremated or whatever. Like what's that, what does that process look like? So, so in my situation, and and I'm talking about my funeral home in general, every funeral Mm -hmm. home can have a little difference of this, but we go through a, a trust basically. So what my suggestion would be is if you have the money, do it. The problem that the problem that happens to most people when they get older is they have something called a spend down when they become part of hospice, nursing homes, et cetera, et cetera. It's called spend down. It's mm-hmm. to get on Medicare or Medicaid. Yep. Oh. In that situation, you have to get rid of 50% of your uh, assets. Yeah. Okay. This is one of the few things that I feel that the government did a great job with and that if you put money into a trust for your funeral, it cannot be charged as your asset. Now it is irrevocable, which means you cannot pull that money out in our stands. So if you put that money, let's say you put 12 grand away for your funeral, you cannot touch that 12 grand. It doesn't, so a kid can't be like, well, you know, I'm just gonna do a direct cremation and I'm gonna take the $8,000. No, like that $12,000 was put away for that specific reason. Interesting. This did become a problem with COVID because here's the Mm. problem. You put $12,000 away for a full funeral. You couldn't have a full funeral in the last year. So we were, we were all, us funeral directors were put in this situation where a lot of people picked cremation A because they couldn't have what they wanted or B, they were trying to keep everybody safe, especially if their loved one had COVID or they had COVID. And they would rather take care of the body that way and then be able to have a memorial service down the line when they were feeling better. This is a pandemic. Pandemic doesn't happen. We had the last pandemic a hundred years ago, right? So Mm. it it doesn't come across. But but here's the deal. So you put the money down. It is safe. It is protected. You cannot get to it. Somebody else can't Mm. get to it. When you die, that money goes directly to the funds towards your feet. My suggestion to you is, should you start putting money away now? It depends how much money you have. I've heard dad say it to a lot of families. If it's going to affect the way that you live, then no. Mm. Let's, Let's set up the file, what you want, what casket you want, what obituaries, things you want. Let's put it all in a file, but let's not put money away right now. Because someday that might happen where you have to do this spend now. Then you have to get rid of the money. Because if you don't, they're going to take 50% of it. So that, like, for instance, that $12,000, if you don't put that away, they're going to take 6000 of that $12,000 regardless. Mm-hmm. So you might as well put something away that's going to be safe. Right. 
and it's put towards that. Now you can do it towards anything. It doesn't have to be through, you can put $6,000 for a direct cremation or $3,000 for direct cremation. In. The biggest problem with when people call and say, how much is a direct cremation? A, a lot of people don't realize that you can do mix and matches. Some people think that if you have a cremation, you have to do a direct cremation. You can't do a service before. You can't have a memorial service down the line. They're not educated enough to realize that. So that's a tough because I'll say, do you want like a service? Well, I didn't know you could have that. Well, yeah, you could, we can do everything the same and then cremate mom or cremate dad. Mm -hmm. Or we could do any virtual difference of that. We could have a visitation, cremate, or we could have, we could cremate and have a service later. And it'd still be if you're worried about cost. Oh, I didn't realize that. Um, but we can put that money away. So we can set up a direct cremation. We could set up a full full funeral, anywhere in between. It doesn't have to be one or the other. And like I said, with that, you're still going to come in. You're going to write down all of your specifics. We're going to know your social security. We're going to know everything. So when that day comes, yet again, I'm not sitting down with you and asking you, when did mom graduate? When did mom and dad get married? Right. Where, where did mom graduate from? You're, it's already done. Right. So you're basically picking three or four things when you come in and talk to me or dad at that point. Because mom's already picked out her casket. Mom's already picked out her vault. Mom's already picked out the cemetery. Mom's already talked to the church. Mom has her three gospel hymns she wants. You know, th th these are the kind of things that you can do. You could just go into a funeral home and get a file start. You don't have to put any money down. And can I, you add money into the trust as you go along? So let's say I start it and I put $2,000 in there. Can I come back to you a month later and say, hey, here's 500 more. Hey, yes. here's 100 more. Okay. That's yes. great. Yes. Now I would, as a professional say, let's put it in bigger chunks. So uh, sure. Sure. In, sure. Right. Sure. Um, because it is, it is a trust. It will make money off, off a little bit. So is it worth, I would say, because every time we do that, we got to do paperwork that goes back and forth and that gets annoying on both ends. At sure. That point. Not just on sure. ours professional. There's stuff you got to sign. There's stuff you got to look at. And now you're dealing with a pack, <laughs> a packet full of stuff. You know, yeah. instead of a couple that we would say, um, that doesn't happen often. We have done that a couple occasionally with families that just didn't have the full amount right away at the beginning. Most families, what they do is they kind of come in, they get an idea. So we set up the trust without signing anything basically. Mm -hmm. And then they go, okay, now I know how much I need. I can start figuring that out mm -hmm. because that's the other thing too, as we get older, right? We're moving our funds when, if, if we're going to be intelligent about our funds, when we get older, we're going to start moving away funds that are in our names to either trust or other people's names, because mm -hmm. the problem is eventually if we don't do that, that's where this probate thing always comes in. Yep. To talk. And there's, and there's, and there's, there's fees, there's fees. If you don't, like what? if you do this family trust, yes, technically you do not own your own assets anymore but it makes it so much easier for your kids and for everybody else to get those funds, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So these are all things that the, if, if you don't have an advisor start, you know, maybe think about an advisor wills huge. Here's a, here's a big thing. Now I told you about the negative part of a will, but the great thing about a will is it leaves, it, it leaves another big question off the table. I know this really has nothing to do with my profession, but yet again, I'm here to help you get through the grieving process. And one of the big things is not having to deal with what mom wants to have done with the house, the farm, et cetera, et cetera. If you haven't gotten your will done yet, really start looking into it, especially if you have children. Because here's the thing too, like where are your children going if something should happen to you and your spouse? Yeah. 
if you don't make that decision, somebody's going to make it for you. So these are all, you know, do I, do I want Doc Nick to take care of uh, Veda and Roman? Do I want Uncle Chris to take, take on my kids? You know, do I want Nun and Papa? Nun and Papa are getting older. Like, do we want them to have the responsibility of raising my children? Especially in these situations, like get, start, start thinking about it. I'm not saying go schedule your appointment with your attorney next week. I'm just saying, if you haven't thought about it, really do. I think a lot of things, it's going to open up conversation and dialect with yourself because that's the thing you are going to die. So you could be stubborn and make it hard on everybody else, or you can really just embrace it. Right. And I think if you embrace death, you'll actually embrace living. Because mm-hmm. if you can, if you, if you lose the, if, if you live every day afraid of death, you're not living, right? We could, yeah. we all know in this, in this four checkered space, right? That t- I could walk outside and a plane could crash. I mean, mm-hmm. It could happen. And I'm I'd sorry. be gone, gone, kabanzi. And I could live every day like that. Like, I'm so afraid of that. That's going to happen, blah, blah, blah. I can assure you, if you start getting things done, and I, we're all in our 30s and, and maybe early 40s. I'm not sure. I'm just saying we're all young still. In, in the eyes of the elders, we're still very young. And we're young by heart. But even us, we really should start getting into this because we're not teenagers anymore. Mm-hmm. We're, not, we're not 21 anymore. We're not in that age. Now we're in this weird spectrum of middle age. Really, if you think about it, right? We're approaching 40 which yes, we are living older, but it's not, we have no guarantee that we're going to make it to 80 or 90. So here's the thing. If we could start putting these little things in order. And like I said, how it takes this conversation. You don't have to get anything done at your local funeral. You could literally talk to your family and say, this is what I want. When this happens, this is where to find things. Oh my gosh. This is where to find my DD-214. Amanda knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yes, I do. (laughs) Um, This is where my, my, the, you know, my paperwork is from a military. This is where the will paperwork is. This is the agent that's in charge of all my um, you know, stocks and bonds and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, if you know those things, it is going to make life so much easier. Daniel already said it earlier that she didn't have that luxury of knowing where things were or how things should have been done. And her, her, her experience with grief would have been not necessarily easy because grief is never easy, Mm-mm. but it would be a little bit smoother. Right. So just start talking about it. Mm, sure. Mm. Well, I know we are very limited on time because we probably already doubled our normal like hope for this season. But one more, <laughs> one more question for you because I yeah. don't know the answer to this. So if I were to be with Danielle and Bridget and just clearly croak, right? I'm dead. I'm a goner. Can they just call you and they'll come pick, you'll come pick up my body. Do they have to call like the police? Oh, okay. So in, in this situation, you have to call the police in your situation, right? Cause you're not on hospice. Okay. Your doctor, your doctor is not going to sign off that Got it. Okay. you had a heart attack. You're too young. There, there's too many variables. Got it. No, um, Amanda's 40. So she's the only 40 year old. <laughs> well, it's, it's true. So, uh, this is well, fair. Amanda, you don't look an old, a day older than 21. So, um, but <laughs> right honestly, most situations, if you don't know, always call 911. Okay. 911 first, let them come. The police will have to, because what I can't, I cannot pick you up until I get time of death and who is going to be signing. So somebody has to do has, that. Has to know because families will call that. And that's nothing too. You wouldn't know this unless you dealt with it. Nobody tells you if, if you die or if somebody in your life dies and you're the first responder to that case, 
call 911. Because even if there aren't the person, they're going to find out the person that they can. You're going to have a professional dealing with the situation. The reason why the police usually have to be called is because they want to make sure that there was no funny business at the scene. Sure. Now, if it's hospice, obviously there's going to be a nurse present. Of course. You obviously know, they know that you're dying from something. Right. If you're older in your 80s or 90s, your doctor knows that the time is coming. You may not have the best ticker anymore. You may have smoked your whole life. These are all things that come into when you're older. But our age, most likely they're going to do an autopsy. Unless it's like, I've for sure known you got in a car accident, right? Sure. You got in a car or you got hit by a car. They might still do an autopsy to find out if you were, you know, intoxicated and walked out oh, to the, sure. middle of the road. Sure. But if it's a for sure, like, okay, we know that's, that's how that person died. You know, a plane accident. They're, they really can't do an autopsy for most of those cases. They know right. that you died in that. Right. But yet again, going into this situation, because I think you're asking like, right now, man, if you fell, if you dropped dead right now, the next person should call the police. That's always the best way to go because they will contact the person that's needed. They were the ones that will call us then and say, this, this person has died. I will ask certain questions that people don't know, like what was time of death? Who's the doctor signing? Um, who's the next of kin? Um, these are all things that my brain has to go through check, check marks after that. But for you, I have to have time of death and some doctor has to sign. Makes sense. Makes sense. I didn't know. No, good. It's a great question. Great question. Any other questions or tub thumpers? I'm sure you'll have some later. Yeah, when, probably. When you're alone. <laughs> probably but so. Anybody out there, I'm telling you, you have a local funeral director that for the most part are amazing people and they've done, they're doing this job to take care of you. Hmm. Why don't you tell them how they can get in touch with you? Yeah. Oh, so the best way I have a podcast called let's talk about death with Dr. Nick. And we talk about questions like we just talked about today. So there's a lot of different questions, thoughts about death, and you can find us on any platform at let's talk about death. Um, and also if you have any questions, um, you can also write us at let's talk about death pod at gmail.com. That's let's talk about death pod at gmail.com. And we'll actually answer them on the podcast. Um, also you can find me at Kapal Funeral Home. I'm a fourth generation funeral director out of Ida, Michigan. Um, we're the only funeral home in Ida, Michigan. So if you put Ida, Michigan funeral home, it will come up with Kapal Funeral. So thank you ladies for having me on again. Yet again, I think that's, it says something only man on twice right. and not even the hubbies. I mean, that far. No, no. no and they won't, they won't. I mean, really, what are they going to, no, but thank you so much. And for all you women out there, just start having conversations. Just that's, that's the first step conversation. Mm, thank you so much, Benny. We are so thankful for your insight and your knowledge. And, um, hopefully I behave myself and didn't interrupt you too much, but you know what? Fourth time's a charm. When you come back, I'm just gonna. Yeah. Fourth season and I'll be back. Um, it will be nothing about death. It'll be just about living. Okay, about oh, perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, so thank you all for listening. This was Bad Moms in Business. I am Benny. There was Bridget today, Amanda, and Danielle. And we would just like to say from all of us at Bad Moms, <laughs> have a great night. Bye. Bye.